This is the Medalist Sports Card Podcast. I am your host, Clayton Murphy. Links down below if you're on YouTube. Thanks for listening to this on wherever you listen to your Apple po- or your podcast, Apple Apple Podcasts, where I listen to them, Spotify, wherever we listen to them, uh, Instagram, at Medalist Sports Cards, um, all the information there. My personal Instagram, at Clayton Murphy. My personal Twitter, at Clayton underscore Murph. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. Now let's get into the podcast. Now that I've done all the YouTube stuff, the intro stuff, the social media stuff, appreciate you guys. Welcome to episode zero or episode one, haven't decided yet, of the Medalist Sports Card Podcast. I am your host, Clayton Murphy. Welcome to the show. This isn't going to be a big one. This is episode one. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about my plan for the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, my story, who I am, uh, why am I doing this. We're going to talk a little bit about the PSA grading, as that's kind of come out this week. I wasn't hoping to come out on the big episode later, um, but obviously I want to touch on it now. And then just a little bit more about, like I said, about the future of the brand, about Metal Sports Cards, and about me. So for those of you who don't know, like I said, I am Clayton Murphy. Uh, I started Metal Sports Cards and this kind of sports card venture about a year ago. Um, as a, I am a professional track and field athlete, and we had some time on our hands. I was going to get into day trading as I have a major in finance. And did really want to spend that much time in front of the computer day trading. And so I wanted to do something where I was getting my hands on it. I wanted to spend time doing something. And I looked into coins and currency and collectibles as I was doing that prior to college and into college. And so when that came along, sports cards popped up again. I was huge into sports cards as a kid. And it just became a thing I ran with. And it's just become one grow and a one grow and another thing and another thing. So that's kind of how I got, I guess, into this. Uh, I, like I said, I compete professionally for track and fi- in track and field for the for Nike. Uh, I compete all over the world. The reason that my brand is called Medalist Sports Cards is I was actually a medalist in the Olympics in the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio, where I won bronze in the 800. Uh, so that's where the name came from. I'm planning, I'm training still, I'm competing still. I train every day, compete on a regular basis all over the world, all over the United States. This is just a side business, side hobby, something that I'm really passionate about and love sharing my time and just want to do some more content, connect maybe with more people through this. So just to lay this out, like I said, I've been about this about a year. I was buying and selling on eBay. Uh, I was going to some shows in the fall. I was setting up some shows and now I've really kind of come to wanting to create content. I've wanted to create some vlogs, some podcasts and really be more specific with my brand. I wanted to be more specific with my buying and selling. I'm still trying to move low-end stuff, uh, but I really am moving into particular things, things that I enjoy doing. Um, less about quantity, more of a qu- more about quality, if that makes sense. Uh, I still like to flip and, and, and collect low-end uh, inserts and different things of favorite players or, or other players that I think are going to succeed after I do my research on them. Um, but at the same time, I... I kind of jumped full into the to Kobe train, the mellow train. Uh, and now I'm really jumping into the to the modern color uh, explosion that I think may happen. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit, I guess, a tangent about my collecting. For those of you, uh, I'm not going to sit here and make plays for you guys. I'm not really one to say you should buy X player. I'm not going to sit here and say, go buy RJ Barrett. Um, I'm going to give you information on players like that. I'm going to give you the research maybe I do on certain players or bring you uh, potential ideas. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and say, I think you should buy this. 
Um, I don't really necessarily think that's a good way to go about it. I think there's a way to present information without saying make a play. Uh, whatever I do say, if I do come on here and say you need to buy X card, make sure you go do your own research. Back up my research, double check my research. I'm never gonna come on here and say as an ultimatum and I don't want you to take it as an ultimatum and I don't want you to take any information you hear from people. If you go and buy someone or buy a card or buy an item or buy a comic book or a Marvel card or a Pokemon card or anything collectible and someone told you to buy it and it goes up, great. It's on you that you bought it. If it goes down, sucks. It's on you that you bought it. You can't give the person, you can give the person credit for giving you the idea, but you have to go do that research. And that's something that the Car Talk Pod guys listen to or that preach. And I think that's something that that I ring true. All right, so we had a little audio thing, what I thought was an issue, but it was an issue. My mic wasn't showing up on the screen. Again, first episode, first issue. But we're gonna move on. Uh, like I said, kind of sum it up real quick. Give credit where credit's due, but also do your own research, do your own heavy lifting. Uh, it's worth it in the end. It uh, protects yourself and it also gives you kind of that little bit of a, I guess, good feeling at the end. So that's kind of, the rough idea of the podcast, the podcast would be two episodes a week, roughly, uh, a longer one, a shorter one, longer ones could be more in depth topics, uh, whether that's example today, I'm gonna talk about PSA grading, that was supposed to be in a longer episode. Uh, we're going to do things like that. And then the other episodes are going to be more about kind of hobby content, uh, sports news, quicker excerpts, shorter episodes, shorter topics, uh, do plan on bringing on guests, potential co hosts etc etc um other news i will be doing or i will be using market movers as the uh research for me i will be probably putting market movers on the video uh you will be able to find these on youtube podcasts wherever you find them uh i will be getting those out there but i will be putting out the youtube video and all of that will be linked below so like i said there's going to be kind of the hobby update show shorter one uh, hobby notes, breakout performers, cars and things to watch, weekly mail day if I have mail, etc. Weekly shows going to be more major storylines, guests, card breakdowns, players. If I do some team analysis, uh, player research, player analysis, major hobby talks, etc. Uh, just for reference, I am more of a basketball, football guy, more on the basketball side. Uh, I do dip my toes in the baseball. I know the baseball major players um but it's not something that i put a lot of money or time into and so just to be upfront, that we will talk about major storylines uh tatis's big contract obviously his cards have exploded uh i think it's the same some of the same principles go amongst all three sports and i will talk about those things in relation to each sport potentially just as we get more into those so let's start uh this week like i said this is gonna be more of like an introductory episode I wasn't going to talk about PSA. I wanted to do another episode, but I have an idea for next week's episode. Um, so let's talk about the grading talk. Let's talk about PSA. Let's talk about the price increases um, and the potential ramifications on you, on the hobby, if there's any, on the positives, negatives, and kind of my thoughts. And I've kind of got into this a little bit on Instagram. Um, but for me, PSA needed to raise prices. Um, we obviously expected it. The... The thing for me, obviously, I have a business business uh, major, finance major. I understand the fact of as a business grows to grow, you have to make more money. And no company is going to continue to 
leave money on the table. Uh, I think a lot of people don't realize that that PSA is a business. It went private. Nat Turner, huge collector, um, highly just going and finding his collection on Instagram, um, takes over. It becomes even more of a money making thing, as you say. Um, private, uh, a lot of private companies um, have a little bit less. I guess you have people less people to answer to. We don't have shareholders, um, so they're going to make money. They're going to get every dollar out of us as we are getting every dollar out of them as our cards go to them and come back with more value because their label, their grade, they've established that this card is this grade. The market's established that PSA is the standard and a PSA graded card brings value, brings a higher value than other grades as well, grade companies as well. So for me, like I said, expected, uh, I can't say I sat here and expected that much of an increase, but it doesn't surprise me. I'm not sitting here saying that it's wrong. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm shocked, but I'm sitting here saying, I'm not sure if it was 100% needed to go as hard as they did with the price increases, but I get where they're going with it. Um, to hire more people, to get rid of the backlog, to grow, to expand, and to eventually scale and make more money as a business, you have to raise prices. Whether they raise them in the right way or not, I think there's arguments for both. I think we can sit here and argue for both. Uh, for the sake of this podcast, I will side with the decisions they made were in line with where they need to go to help PSA and to continue to help the hobby. I think there was almost printing money, as I've heard, and I, I hate to use that term, but it, it is. Printing money with with. I don't even like to call them base cards because some base cards are valuable. With lower end cards, your two, three, four, five dollar, ten dollar cards that you can bulk sub, get back in what was nine ish months, and make ten x on that card, um, is no longer a thing. That's printing money. Um, that's a very easy thing. Um, I see a lot of people who have come in the hobby similar time to me who have just done that and have made money. Now, granted, they might not have stayed with that exact, uh, I guess, plan of action or business model through the entire time. They have transitioned away from that into newer, bigger things, um, but they have for sure used that to jumpstart them. I I played the middle ground. I didn't play the super high end when I got in, but I didn't play the high low end base. I played a lot of color cards, uh, some stuff I sent off, um, some I'd say 20 to 150 maybe 200 dollars cards is what i sent the psa most of them prior to january 1st went uh economy which is 20 day which no longer is 20 day it's just economy which now is supposedly five to six months they have completed through august 2nd i believe um i have submission sitting from middle of september i have another submission sitting there from the middle of october um so i have two submissions 20 day i i'm using air quotes here 20 day economy that hopefully we'll be back within the next month too. Um, who knows? Uh, but yeah, that's where I was with it. Uh, to be completely transparent with you, once January came around, I realized that it was taking more than three to four months to get the 20 day back, and I started subbing um, Express. I subbed some stuff Express at the beginning of January. I got those four cards back, uh, like a Keldon Johnson Orange Ice, uh, Trey Young Marvels uh what else did i sub in that john morant silver debut mosaic and um there's like one other card in that and i mean not high-end stuff 
But my thought process was, is that stuff could have easily went 20 day. It sat there for five months and I get the stuff back. But in my also thing is if I send it in and get it back in six weeks, five weeks, which I am going to next week, get it back. We'll say it will say six weeks. I think is what it, when it left my door to coming back, I can flip that money now and I can do it again, which is what I thought I was going to be able to do. But now with the PSA price increase, I'm going to have to look at other options for what I'm going to do with my money. I don't see myself subbing as much with PSA. I will say that. But I still see myself subbing very good cards in a lot more cards than I think I will sub with PSA just because of the value that PSA currently brings to the market. Um, I'm not sure about... My kind of thought process is, is cheap cards. I, I hate to use the word cheap. Lower end cards. So let's say your $5, $10, $15 base cards. Your NBA hoops, LaMelo balls, your NBA hoops, Anthony Edwards. Where do you send those? You're not going to get them back before the season ends. So you send them bulk, you get them back in a year. You get them back at the middle of next season. Well, yeah, the middle of next season. But if you send them express, you get them back potentially by the end of the season. But LaMelo and Anthony aren't going to be making the playoffs and really, you know, putting the world on fire come the end of the season. So my thought process is, is stuff like that that I'm going to plan to be in and out of um, that I'm grading to retain value. So I look at it in two ways. There's two ways to grade. There's two ways to invest, three ways to invest. Short-term, medium-term, long-term. Grading obviously can enhance all three of the short-term, medium-term, and long-term. Now, where does grading have the biggest impact? I think it has the biggest impact on short-term and long-term. Let me explain. If you're short-term flipping, whether that's a crack a crack of BGS, you're subbing it in, it could be a 10, 5,000, $10,000 card, whatever it is, you're getting that card back on Express, you're getting that card back click, you're paying a thousand for the card in BGS holder, paying a hundred dollars to get it graded, I'll just say a hundred, and then you got 1,100 into it, you flip it for 2,500, boom, you got your money short term, six to eight weeks, in and out, you're in and out of that card, didn't matter really player performance there, could have been anybody, could have been uh, Patrick Mahomes, could have been Deshaun Watson, it could have been a Zion, it could have been a Damian Lillard rookie. I've done that. That's why I say that. I've cracked the nine fives. They're at grading now. Um, that's short term, in and out. You plan to sell the card when it gets back. Medium term is, hey, I'm going to send the card to either PSA for five months. I'm going to get it graded. Or maybe Express where you're playing where you're playing the game of, hey, I send it now. I get it back in six weeks. We'll wait till the playoffs ramp up and I'm going to flip it. I'm going to sell it. Devin Booker, uh, any of those guys who have a chance to potentially... Uh, grow as the playoffs come near Kyrie Irving uh KD I think is still potentially undervalued uh although I don't like KD as a play necessarily uh he scares me health-wise he scares me that he spent a lot of time on the sidelines not to take anything away from the guy as a greatest scorer but not sure about that but that's kind of medium term long term your play is hey you're either going to send base cards there they're going to sit there for a year you're going to get them back you're going to flip them you're going to make your 40 50 60 80 100 on those low-end cards you're going to get them turned over. You're going to make your money. You're going to bulk those cards. You're going to send in a hundred LaMelo $10 cards, $20 cards, a hundred Anthony Edwards cards that you can get for $8 now. And you're going to get a hundred back in a year. And you're going to flip a hundred times profit, whatever the profit is on your cards, your nines and tens, a couple eights, I'm sure you get. So, or you're grading the collect, which we all know is kind of just straightforward. My plays, I guess short-term, low-end cards, I think CSG might be the play here. 
I think the play with CSG could be the debate with CSG is whether you need subgrades or not. When you need subgrades, you have to pay extra to get subgrades, just like BGS. Let me look this up. CSG, CSG grading, um, sports card grading, CSG, submit service and fees. I should have had this pulled up. All right. CSG, bulk submissions, $8 a card. $8, 60 working days. So what is that? There's four, five, 20 days, three months. So three months. We'll say three and a half to four months. Um, 50 card minimum. I'm sure there's going to be group subbers where you don't have to hit that. But subgrades are $10. Okay. So where do you use subgrades with CSG? Do you use subgrades with your bulk sub? Or are you trying to get in and out of that card in three months? Are you subbing 50 Lamelo balls and Anthony Edwards and Emmanuel Quickly and Obi Toppins? and base RJ Barrett's to get them flipped and taking that, we'll say five to $25 card, getting nine and a halfs on them, 9.5s, getting a few nines, flipping them for 60, 70, 80 bucks. And you've got $8 plus your card in there. You've got at most $30 in your card and you're flipping them for like for hundred percent profit for 60, 60 to 80 bucks. Do you need subgrades? I don't know. I, the market hasn't seen CSG enough to say, hey, we want subgrades. Like BGS, we want subgrades on the high-end cards. But do you need subgrades on the low-end cards if you're just getting in and out of them? Because that's a big difference. That's a $100 difference on, a, on, on, on 50 cards. Actually, $500 difference. 50 cards, $10. I don't know. I think it's a tough... I think that's where CSG comes in. I think CSG economy we'll look at other tiers right here while i'm in here economy 15 dollars, 40 working days two and a half months uh i guess that's two months technically um 15 plus 10 dollar tier 25 dollars. that's pretty good i'd say two months 25 bucks you're in and out of the card that's a card that i say is like 20 to 50 dollars, 20 to 100 dollars. But it's a card that you know you're going to get in and out of and you're just getting value out of the card by get, getting graded. You're not necessarily banking on the player to go up. You're not buying somebody low and hoping right now you get the card back and it gets graded and you're only making a certain percentage. So let me give you an example. This is why I'm thinking this through. Okay, so you're buying a card and the player is... As of right now, the value between the raw value and the uh, value of a CSG 9.5, we'll just say that. Let's say the value of the raw card is $25 and the value of the CSG is 55 Obviously, spending $25 to grade that card, not really worth it. But are you willing to take that risk, get that back in two months for that player to go up before the playoffs? Potentially, because do you have other options? That's where you have to kind of look at it. We don't have many options for the short-term grading. So it's going to be very selective on not only the cards you send in, but necessarily what the player is worth coming out of the grading process. There's a lot more of that. You're not just guaranteed returns with other companies yet. So I don't know. I don't know if that really makes sense. I'm kind of talking my way through it. But um, I guess the last option or the other option it's two options, I guess I would say. The other option is like GMA, um, BCCG. Um, I saw another one on TikTok the other day. Um, 
I don't know. I don't really know about those. Haven't looked into it. I know their value slightly increases cards, but at the same time, it's like you're still going to pay to grade the card. You're still going to wait on the card. Why not just pay a couple dollars more and get potentially a higher dollar card with either you pay even more, you go PSA, or you pay more, go CSG, or the other option, which is HGA. HGA, hybrid grading approach, uh, is extremely tough. I really like the cards. I really like the cards for color cards, for modern color which is what I like right now in the graded form. I, I, I enjoy collecting, buying, selling the colored modern cards, especially colored basketball. Uh, I like colored mosaic for football. I like colored prism and colored select in the court sides for, for basketball, optic. Um, this is where HDA, I think, can really thrive in the market is you're taking a colored card, which already is rare. It's already going to have a low pop. But then you're going to add the value of having the card in a colored holder that just aesthetically is pleasing to someone collecting the card. We just have this. So you're a Zion collector. You're a Zion collector. Zion Optic Shock, PSA 9. Okay? Purple Shock. I say Optic Shock. Purple Shock, PSA 9. Would this card not look so much better in a purple HGA holder with the explosions coming out of the label, the subgrades on it? Now, does HGA really add value to a base card for color? Kind of. Team color, yeah, I guess you could argue. But a colored card, it's already going to potentially be the cards that are most sought after and wanted going forward as this kind of base card pullback has happened. Uh, I don't know. I think that's where HGA really thrives. Colored cards, modern color that is in that 100 to $2,000 range. Now, the question is, do we get our cards in? I don't know. When do we get our cards in? They're accepting 2,400 submissions right now a week. Friday nights at 9 p.m. or whatever. Pretty much, you got to be in there in the waiting queue. You got to be lucky. I'm sure there's bots going to come along. Uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't really know what's going to happen. I think a lot of people are going to want to sub with HGA. They're not going to be able to sub with HGA because HGA is going to stick by their 10 days means 10 days. And then what do we do? If you can't get your card subbed to HGA and you wait a month to get in, you try four times every Friday, that card could have went to CSG and been halfway through the grading process, or it could have went to PSA and been a fifth of the way through the grading process. So you're almost just turning your wheels with a card that's just sitting in front of you, not making you money other than potentially just growing in value being raw. So I guess that's the final two points. So where do we go from here as far as the value of the current slabs and raw plays? I think raw plays become obviously a thing. I think star stock still becomes a major player in this hobby and then in this business. Um, where do people take their PSA grading money? Do they take it to other places? Do they take it to raw? Do they buy extra cards? Do they buy... 50 RJ Barrett prism base cards going into the to the playoffs here thinking RJ is going to go up versus buying a couple grade rated cards or getting a couple graded because you have extra money um I don't know it's obviously a first time around for this uh so we'll see um I think the value of slabs that are graded right now I think it's a plus because there's theoretically going to be less graded PSA cards, but I don't just necessarily see PSA cards all of a sudden taking a huge increase over the next 60 days. There's nothing that 
PSA's done to make PSA rarer necessarily or more sought after. PSA hasn't increased their grading standards or said their grading standards were better before or that a card in an older holder is worth more than the new cards. They just made it more selective to grade. I mean, the pops were already ridiculous on some of these modern stuff. So where do we go from here? If people really going to miss if uh, let's say, okay, what's the pop on? The pop on Zion is what? 20,000? I don't even know. 15,000? I feel like it changes all the time. Let's see here. Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson. Pulling it up here. Prism. I should have do this on the screen, but we'll work on that. That's another, that's another day. PSA 10s, PSA 10, 9s, Prism Base, Choose Grades, Search. <laughs> Loading, Market Movers is slow. All right, population 15,627, 12,102 on the PSA 9. So 15,000 on the 10, it's actually trending up. It's trended up from 625. It dipped all the way at 587 a couple weeks ago. And it's back up to 701 most recently. $80 increase. Maybe he's out on the play. Um, but what happens if, let's say a thousand cards don't make it? A thousand Zion base cards don't get graded. Is it really going to make a difference? I don't know. Like, I don't think Zion base cards become worth more because they were graded when PSA was cheap. Do you think LaMelo Ball Prism base cards aren't going to get graded? They're 100% going to get graded by PSA. They're granted there might not be 15,000 of them. There might be 12,000. But it's still a high pop. It's still crazy pop. So does it really make Zion worth more? I don't know. I think PSA 9s could be worth more. Going forward especially. But I thought that before, I thought that PSA 9s would increase in value because raw cards become less, there's less quantity of quality high cards because of the grading populations, because of people picking over the good ones. Go out and go through a, a, a prism box at a card show. Tell me how many graded cards you could pull out of 2019, 2020 prism basketball, a raw box at a card show. What do you think? The full, full two row box, the normal value boxes do you think you pull out gradable and i'm saying name rookies do you pull out every two out of ten is gradable right now because that card's flipped hands so many times it's like i bought 12 Dwayne wade rookie exclusives Dwayne wade rookie exclusives top upper deck whatever how many do you think were gradable zero 12 12 cards bought all from a show from two different people eight from one four from another Looked great. Corners looked great. Centering good. Centering's tough on those. I mean, centering's not really that bad on those anyways. Brought them home. Put them under the light. Gone. So, the pops aren't going to accelerate at any high rate at this point. But they're going to accelerate for new cards, I think, because grading still brings a value. PSA still brings a value. And there's no other option that brings that value. CSG, maybe. Beckett, I don't think Beckett. Beckett, Beckett has an opportunity but why am I going to pay the same for Beckett, wait the same amount of time so I can go to CSG and flip cards quickly? Card Collector 2, Ryan out of Columbus, says this the best. He says, in and out. He's like, get, get your cards in, get your cards out. He's all about flipping them quick. 
if you can turn your money over four times before you turn one card over, 20% four times, 100%, or I guess 80%, you're going to get 80% return guaranteed. I mean, it's just quick, 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 in and out, in and out. That math was totally wrong. <laughs> All right. I think that's the episode for the day. Um, that's episode zero. We got episode one slash 1.5 or two, whatever, coming out next week. We're going to talk about the Dallas show. I'm headed to Dallas next week, and we're going to get that out. We're going to talk a little bit about Dallas. we got a few other topics to talk about. Maybe break down. I don't know. We'll see who. I'll, I'll kind of do some research this weekend, see what we're going to try to break down on, on in Tuesday. The goal is to release it on Tuesday. Like I said, traveling Dallas on Thursday. We might release a podcast on Thursday. Otherwise, it would be more vlog-oriented ne- into next week. Um, some quick podcasts while I'm down there, some quick interviews posted on Instagram, etc. cetera. Um, but I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate you guys listening in. And for now, everything will be down below. We got Instagram, all of that stuff. What well, you know the deal. Drop a like, drop a sub. Appreciate you guys listening. Episode zero of the Metal Sports Card Podcast. Thanks.